What's up, everybody? My name is Ali. Welcome back to the Mentality Podcast, episode number 14. I'm so glad for another week. And this is a guest that I've been excited to have on just because she has such a story and it's just super inspiring, super interesting. She's fascinating and I'm sure you guys will appreciate her. Her name is Diana. She's my cousin and I'm glad to have her on. What's up, Diana? Hello, Gus. How's it going? I'm good. I am really excited. So this conversation can go in a bunch of different places and we're just going to roll with the punches, see what happens, okay? okay? Okay, sure thing. So I don't even know where to start with you. Well, you can start with my birthday since I recently turned 18. You turned 18 years old? Yes. Okay. How has that been for you? Honestly, kind of stressful. Not going to lie. Um, I feel like I have more responsibility now. So you have more responsibility because you're 18 or? Because I feel like I'm an adult now, kind of. Okay. Since you said adult, let's go back to the beginning because as people are going to find out, you've had a lot of responsibility put on your shoulders from an early age. The eldest child always has that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we connect with that because we were both the eldest. That is true. That is very true. I always find that my parents have to tell me, especially growing up, they told me, hey, Ali, you got to be on your best behavior because anything you do, your younger siblings are going to learn. Yeah. Also, you're the experiment child. Like your parents try (laughs) to learn a new technique of raising. Yeah. So it's hard sometimes. So how long have you been in Canada for? Technically, it's going to be two years. Two years. It's funny you say that because anyone listening to your voice right now, would probably say there's no way this person's only been here for two years technically i've been an english speaker for about six or seven years wow coming from a country not from north america i guess the education back from where you were from was either really good or you just had a aspiration to learn from a young age oh no trust me they really hated english they like literally they Who's gave they? my teachers okay. <laughs> they gave the english class to the worst teacher or the new one uh-huh. so they were like uh they hated English mm. since like American people supposedly like attacked my country and all. So they were like, you know what? Nah, we're not teaching that here. But in the sixth grade, uh, my teacher called me a stupid, useless child. What? I know for a fact that if a teacher said that here, not only would they get fired, not only would they get fined, they would be in big, big trouble. As if I'm sure people listening could not even compute that. And you're grade six, you said? Yeah, I was technically either 11 or 12, something like that. That is ridiculous. But yeah, go on, sorry. So after she said that, I was like, excuse me, like, why are you calling me that? And she was like, oh, because you cannot learn simple simple English. I was like, "Uh, no, I can't actually. I just don't like it because I have bad experience with it. And she was like, well, that still makes you a useless child. I was like, okay, so I'm learning English. Um, I started watching movies. Uh, with and without subtitles i started listening to music more i started to watch youtube channels that's such a good way to pick up a new language i find especially to watch movies that are in that language or to even listen to music in that language because they get stuck in your head and that was the plan let's say i'm watching a cooking show if you watch it on youtube back in the day we didn't have like the subtitle option so i was like oh how am i gonna learn that And then I kept focusing on their gesture and body language. And like, for example, she would say pour and then she would like pull her hand down. So I'm like, oh, okay. So so you associate that action with that word. Yeah. Uh I went back to school and I started talking English with my teacher. She was surprised, but she didn't want to break her ego. So she was like. Is this the same teacher? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, wow. That called you. Okay. So she was like, but your accent is garbage. I don't like your accent. And that's the same teacher that would say thank you to you instead of thank you. So I'm like, okay. That's karma. It was a weekend. And I was like, you can do it. So I started, it was YouTube. Mm. And I opened videos Mm. about how people correct their like accents. And I was really determined. At this point, what are you, 11? I was still 11. The fact that you're 11 years old and you're so determined to to prove this teacher wrong almost, right? Or... It's like when you're young and like all you know is people putting you down, sometimes you break and want to prove them wrong. That's was te- that was technically my childhood. Like I've been put down by my family, by like a lot of people in my life. So sometimes you just want to break it and be like, oh, no, I am good. I'm better than you think I am. But at that point, do you not feel that the whole world is against you, especially if you have maybe people in your inner circle 
such as your family, that either A, may not believe in you, or two, the environment in the household isn't conducive to your mental health? My parents were really good. My dad was very supportive. My mom was mostly out of the picture since she had to work a lot. Mm -hmm. And also she had to cook and clean. Mm -hmm. And she didn't have time. Mm -hmm. But my dad was very nice. Whatever I say, he's with me. He'd be like, yeah, we can do it. Let's do it. But the thing is, they were both working. Uh And at the times that I, like, weren't at home or my parents weren't, so I would be at my grandparents' house. Uh My grandpa was, he was kind of a rebellious, but a rebellious against the country. Mm -hmm. And um, What country is this? Are we talking? Iraq. Okay, yeah, so. And my grandpa got imprisoned for like 10 years or more. So like he'd been tortured. So he he only knows pain. Mm -hmm. Like his methods are very bad. My grandma's a teacher. She is an Arabic teacher. And um, she only knows the old ways. Like there is everything should be the exact same way that her parents taught her. The mentality, especially older individuals that come from countries not from North America. So for example, I mean, if somebody is 40, 50, 60 years old, born and raised in Iraq, I'm not picking on Iraq. It could be any country in the Middle East or it could be countries that are not from Canada or America. I find that their way of thinking is very, very by the book, very... Oh, but you do have a lot of American people and Canadian people same that thing, are strict. Same thing as well. But I would feel, and there's no evidence to back this up, that a family here, just because the person's dad did something one way, doesn't necessarily mean that they have to pass that on to their kids. Whereas I know for my parents, maybe my grandpa or my grandma from either side passed something on to them subconsciously that they don't even know that they act or have internally and then they maybe pass it on to us but I growing up know that I have the choice that there's definitely going to be some things I'm going to implement to my children one day and there's stuff I'm not going to implement because some stuff maybe I either don't believe in that my parents taught me in or they taught me but ultimately I have the choice to decide if this is something Sorry, this is off of the tangent, but just to say that Arab people, because I've been around them most of my life, if something is passed down from an older generation, my grandma's 100% this way. There's absolutely no way you can change your mind. And it's, for lack of a better phrase, it's kind of as if teaching an old dog new tricks, and I'm not yeah. associating dog with human. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely I not. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So technically, uh, my grandfather was like, show pain, you're awake. That's the traditional way of thinking. Yeah. Me and my cousin, we are two little girls. I know that nowadays being manly or feminine is like a different now. It's a different perception, 100%. Now it's almost encouraged for a man to show his feelings and wear his heart on a sleeve. We would get yelled at if we cried. Uh He would hit us. It was kind of scary. Now, like, I cannot handle pain. Like if someone hit emotional me. Emotional or physical? Like physical pain. Okay. And emotional sometimes. But like if someone hit me or got too close to me and started yelling at me, it kind of scares me a lot. But still, I try to be strong and handle it sometimes because like life is hard and it's not waiting for nobody. 100%. As a kid, I was very energetic. Like I couldn't sit down for a minute. Um, I was very clever. At the time, I had ADHD, but... No doctors where I was, I was from. Can you paint a picture for the listeners? So you're in Iraq. You come from humble beginnings, right? Yeah. Uh, is this something that was a history in your family where maybe your grandpa dealt with stuff that you didn't know of and maybe he was oh, no. going through uh, mentally as well? His family, we're in contact with them because they're very nice and they're helping mm-hmm. me. They said that my grandpa, ever since he turned 17... He started losing his emotions. Like, he had all his family members, everyone was working, he was studying. But it's just all of a sudden that he started acting cold. He was very angry all the time. And, like, he literally showed zero emotions. No empathy? Nothing. No nothing. Wow. He loved animals. That was the only thing that, like, people thought, oh, yeah, he's not a psychopath. <laughs> psychopath. But he was really cold towards his siblings, and he wasn't the oldest. He was like the fifth middle child. 
they were like younger than him and older than him, but all of them combined were scared of him, even the eldest. His parents didn't like dealing with him, so he just threw them on his siblings. They were like, yeah, you deal with him. Okay. So do you think, in hindsight, looking back, as you explain this, that maybe he was dealing with something? I'm sure, as you know, some mental health is either inherit, that you, it's just, it's genetics. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's not much you can do other than try to deal with it day by day, week by week, month by month. And other habits such as ADHD is one of them where you may not have it and then over time you develop it. So my grandpa once told me back when we were like before coming here when I was around 14, he was like, I'm pretty sure I'm a sociopath. He said that to you? Yeah. He was like... At what age? I was 14. He was... He told a 14-year-old that... Yeah. So, like, I was confused. Like, I know what a psychopath and a sociopath is, but, like, at the time, I couldn't tell the differences. So he explained it. He was like, I do have emotions, but not all of them. And I don't understand other people's emotions. So I was like, oh, okay, that's understandable. Sounds like he didn't care about our emotions growing up. But uh, he was like, and I'm sorry which was the first time that I've ever heard my grandpa say sorry. And after that, he cried, which was more surprising. I was shocked to the point of me crying. To a 14-year-old, he said sorry. Why did he say sorry? Of what he put me and my cousin through. Because like, he was very like angry all the time, and he kept yelling, which gave us both PTSD. PTSD? Yeah. Damn. He apologized. He was like, I understand, and I hope you understand that... The years and years of torture might have also made me more crazy than I am since my grandpa cannot walk like like a normal person because they would hang him from his, his feet. They would like chain him up to the roof and put him upside down for like days. So he lost his sense of like he cannot feel his feet anymore. He can walk, but it hurts. Upside down for days? Yeah. That's how they used to torture people back then. Even alive? Is that even? (laughs) Oh, they would give him breaks, just to like whip him or something. Just to keep him alive. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh no, they actually would give him breaks to like put him on like a chair or something, whip him, and then put him back up. If anybody went through something like that, I'm sure they would be cuckoo in the head. Yeah, he was like, I'm sorry, because like he literally said, I'm sorry for being crazy towards you too. And at the time he stopped talking to my dad, he felt like he was betrayed since my dad was his favorite. And like he was opened about it since no matter how hard he hits him and no matter how hard he yells at him, he always comes back and helps. My dad's siblings are not the nicest people. I personally don't have a good connection with him. One of my aunts, I'm not going to put her name, but Absolutely. we'll call her Karen. Karen, yeah. Yeah, she was nice if it's a family gathering. So she's two-faced. Yeah. So she has an image in front of people and then another image. But the thing is, if my grandpa looked at her a certain way, she would just go off for days. She won't talk. She won't do anything. So that's why my grandpa, like, preferred my dad. Since, like, he would literally smack him, yell at him. My dad would go because he's angry. Then come out two hours later bringing food just joking around and talking and my grandpa he actually told me he was so confused because of it he said if someone yelled at me i would never talk to them again but your dad was able he understood what was going on like he knew what his dad had been through and he knew that like he couldn't help it so he refused to talk to my dad and until my dad passed away he didn't speak to him which was his biggest regrets that was the reason why he passed away too. So just so I get this straight, the reason why your grandpa passed away was because he regretted not speaking more yeah. to his son? So he didn't speak to my dad for like two, three years. And then my dad passed away of a heart attack. My grandpa literally died a month later because of the guilt and pain. Because that was his first time losing someone. And it's so sudden. Yeah. Do you want to explain how did that whole process even happened do you recall the moment do you recall all that stuff i literally recall every single second of that day it was the last day of school after that would be summer break so i was so excited so happy that day i made paper dolls and like clothing everything out of paper and i was so excited to show my dad the last day in school 
in Turkey, we don't study anything. The in last the week. country, Turkey. Yeah. yeah. We don't do anything. We just sit there. At exactly 12, exact, I felt the need to go home. Like, I was like, I really wanted to go home. You didn't know why? I didn't know why. And I, I didn't understand. But I was like, I really want to go home. I picked my stuff up and I was going, but the teacher yelled at me. I was like, sit down. There is like just one more hour to go. And then it's actually not one hour, it's two hours until school ends. But I was like, okay. But I kept feeling like there was something off. There's something wrong. Went back home, heard crying. I was so confused. Opened the door. My mom was like literally melting. Our friends all around her. I was like, oh, my aunt has must passed away with her daughter because at the time they both had cancer. So I was like, that's that's scary. But then I called my dad's name. Well, not his name, but I called dad. I went around saying, dad, where are you? And when my mom heard me say that, she literally was about to faint. Now I felt there was something really wrong. And I went to my friend at the time. Her mom and my mom were like best friends. So I was like, hey, have you seen my dad? I can't find him. And she like went silent. I can tell that she was holding the tears, but I didn't want to believe it. I was like, I know what they're going to say, but I just hope they don't say it. So I looked at her and she was like, oh yeah, he's in the hospital because he wasn't feeling well. That day in the morning, my dad woke me up, gave me a kiss on the forehead. He made me breakfast. But that day he, w- he had the flu. So I was like, oh, hopefully the flu was just gone wrong. It's just the flu. At that time, was he? He was happy. He was smiling. At the time, my sister and brother, well, my brother was home, but my sister had like one more hour till she comes back home. Okay. So. And they're both younger than you. As you said, you're the oldest. Yeah. So I'm my sure brother was home that day because he was sick. And so was the girl. She was also sick. Like that week, both my dad, my brother and the girl were like really sick. My best friend. So we were, I really hoped as bad as it sounds. I really hoped like my aunt or her daughter died or like they were going through something. Because I didn't want to believe my dad. Because he was like, what, 45, 46? He was too young to die. Young man, yeah. So I then was eardropping and I heard, where are we going to bury him? Oh. I started shaking, but I was like, no, it's impossible. Not my dad. He's completely fine. He's invincible. He like, he is a what, six nine six eight feet tall man he's that tall yeah he's very tall and like he is really like he's a big man like he's not fat but like he's healthy and like he walks every day with my mom like he eats like good he has his like like pills he take vitamins like i why would he die then uh my cousin our cousin uh, walked in and he was like hey can i talk to you i'm sorry i keep asking for your age but i just need to put this in context how old were you at the time i was my oh yeah it was a week before my birthday i was turning 16 so i was i was so he was like sorry kid your dad passed away i looked at him and was like wow nice joke but no what are you gonna tell me he's like no your dad passed away that is not a joke, yeah. I collapsed. I, I've i never screamed in my life. I physically cannot scream. But I just heard the most scratchy, like, loud that I've ever made in my life. I was like, you're lying. Stop joking like that. That's not nice. And he just turned around and started crying. And I'm like, no, that's impossible. My dad didn't die. He's too young. And, like, he promised me, like, that week... That morning, he reminded me uh, we were going to buy me my first pet, which is a fish, because he wanted to see if I was, like, capable enough. And he promised me he would buy me netting stuff since, like, me and him were bored and we decided to learn. And I was like, no, that's 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 a lie. I don't believe that. So that, that night, I fell asleep. I didn't fall asleep because, like, I wanted to. I just fell asleep because I was exhausted of crying and thinking and complaining. I woke up and I almost immediately was like, I forgot. 
I forgot like yesterday happened. So I woke up and I was like, hey, dad, I, I dreamt a really nice dream today. Who are you talking to? So I, I opened the door of my mom and dad's living room, uh, their bedroom, sorry. And I, I saw my mom and she, I just said it while walking into the room. Then I saw his place empty. I was like, oh, yeah, hey, that happened. <laughs> sorry. Then my mom started crying. And I started crying, and we hugged each other, sat there for a couple of minutes. Then, yeah. Every day for the last two weeks after that, I had a dream about him, telling me, don't cry, everything is all right, I'm here for you guys. It really hurt. And I, till, till that day, I still dream about him. That's crazy. Whenever I miss him, I start dreaming about him he would talk to me we would do the stuff that we used to do together like talk about space or maybe like uh, i would watch stuff about animals sorry about that wow <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think but i yeah, can't emotional out here damn <laughs> sorry because i've never heard that story before so yeah and it's my perspective wow. like you are one of the strongest people the fact that you're able to be so vulnerable I have nothing but respect for you, so Thanks. props to you, yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, so... I had this talk with my mom. It was probably a few nights ago, and she was telling me about the time... Because sometimes I ask her about how her mom was, because I never got to meet my grandma or yeah. grandpa from my mom's side. Mm -hmm. And she would tell me how my grandpa, from my mom's side, he passed away, I think, two... No, three years before I was born, he would always tell my mom that he wanted me to be born that way he can see me. He was so excited at even the idea that my mom would get pregnant. Yeah. And uh, there's very few pictures that I see of them, but I always wonder. And she told me, she said, that when she lost her mom, it, dis it, it destroyed her. Yeah. And I can't even imagine the psychological effects that that has on a human being is lifelong. Yeah. I don't know how someone can just go through that and then say, oh, I just shake it off and just keep moving. But I asked her, I said, what was more painful for you? And I know you should never, ever compare stuff like this. But yeah. I asked her, what was more painful, you losing your sister or you losing your mother? And she said that her sister impacted her in a different way than her mom ever did. And she said, Ali, no matter who passes away in your life, I don't care if it's me I don't care if it's your father. You got to promise me that you will never just lose it. It's completely understandable mm -hmm. to grieve. Everybody grieves in their own way. But you got to somehow pick yourself up and you got to keep moving. And my mom's coping mechanism was for her sister. At that point, when she found out that she had passed away, there were two things she could have done. One, she could have just been destroyed and been torn and completely not recover from this permanently. Or two, which is what she ended up doing, was she just blocked that out. So she did not even look at those text messages. She didn't see any pictures because in her way, that was her way of saying... That's in the past. Yeah. She said, right now I need to heal. And for months and months, she said she didn't open one picture with her sister in it. Now she told me she's at a point where she can open a picture. She can smile and celebrate her life. Yeah. Me at 27 years old hearing this, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. You at the age of, how old were you, you said? Around, six. yeah, I was turning 16. 16 years old, and I'm not sure if somebody told you that, but you almost had to go inward and deal with these emotions and, and, and move them. Oh, and, I never had time for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, me and my dad were really close because, mm -hmm. like, we had a lot in common. But my dad and my sister were more closer. Like, they were really close. And my dad and my mom's relationship was almost perfect. My dad took care of my mom in a way that no one ever did. After her parents had passed away, she was like only 13, like when her father passed away. So she was very young. She didn't have anyone to take care of her, even if like she had siblings at the time. But they already had families. They like worked. And at the time, it was war in my country. So like no one really had time for her. So she learned to take care of herself and only herself. But those problems that she was going with, she probably had to bury them deep in her yeah. to kind of deal with everyday life. Yeah. My dad started taking her on expensive dates and like buying her stuff that she couldn't afford. And mom was like, okay, no. If we're getting married, 
we should keep that. And when she said that, my dad told me he was so excited. Yeah, he, that's he such a good like, quality to have to not want to dine in the nicest restaurants to have the nicest purse, but to actually use that money for the future. They got married and they started living with my grandparents. Mom at the time, she didn't even know how to cook. The best thing that she can make is eggs. That's the thing that she was yeah. able to make. Well, I'm sure back then it was even more of a, a sin or taboo because it sucks to say, but back then, especially the women were you're in yeah. the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Guy, you go work and provide for the family. Now it's not like that, but still. Yeah. Well, at the time, even though my grandma is like a very certain type of way woman, but she empathized with my mom. Empath- the word empathized empathized with my mom yes. because my mom was an orphan mm. and when she was 13 her, they passed away she was still young when they died wait, wait 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 i just found this out so so when your mom was 13 both parents passed away yeah and around 13 16 something like that in that ballpark and when yeah. you were how old when i was six uh, when i turned 16 my isn't that crazy yeah Wow. And actually, the age that my dad passed away in was the same age that her dad passed away Yo, in. what? That's magic. <laughs> Anyways, um, so my grandma was like, okay, let me teach you how to cook. Let me teach you how to clean. And my mom was like, yeah, okay. And my mom actually wrote notes and like was, was really <laughs> into that. Then my mom got pregnant with me. They were really excited. After I turned one, we got our first house. Well, we didn't buy it. It was rented. Mm-hmm. We were so excited, including myself. I don't remember, but my mom told me. This house was literally a living room, a bathroom, and a kitchen. All in one. Yeah. So it was really small. And we didn't have no furniture, no beds, no nothing. My mom had just like one pan. That's it. And like three dishes, three spoons. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, that's as humble as it gets. Yeah. Humble beginnings. Yeah. But a lot of my childhood pictures were from that place. And then after my mom got promoted, my dad got promoted, uh, we switched houses. It was very exciting. We got furniture like a lot, multiple times. Uh, We got TVs in each room. We had everything. It was like perfect. But then like stuff happened. Uh, My mom got fired because they accused her of stealing money they found who stole it but he is the son of like the man who owns the company so they didn't do anything about it and they still fired my mom and my dad like he couldn't provide enough so we decided to go to turkey and there there where the shenanigans happened so when you went to turkey was that to seek a better life yeah so we were planning to go to turkey then go to america how has life changed being here compared to Turkey or even compared back to Iraq? So People life here, for me personally, has yeah. been more stressful since I am the number one English sk- speaker in my like small family. I'm also the eldest, so I have more Responsibility. responsibilities. I need to take care of everything now. Because back then in Turkish, I wasn't really good. So my sister and my mom used to like take care of like calling doctors and stuff like that speaking turkish you mean yeah yeah now here i'm the one who takes care of me yeah so you have more responsibility now than you ever did before yeah technically my mom used to call me the little dad the tiny dad uh well my dad's name is thabit so she used to call me which means the little thabit and yeah because i resembled my dad in responsibilities and everything so my like now i feel because my dad is not here anymore it's all on me but do you ever feel that his presence per se or that he is with you or is that just something people say to to grieve sometimes i do Mm. sometimes i physically do because like especially when i dream about him i feel like he's really there which is scary sometimes but yeah it's it's fun to like see a family member now and then and once i actually had like a lucid dream about him lucid yeah okay oh yeah back in turkey uh me and my siblings all caught the fever and it it was really bad we were like sick for a month which is really long for a fever and i was laying down and i kept seeing my dad walk around and like 
what about my my siblings my mom like how would they feel if i just go away right now so i just went to the bathroom and i was like please yeah i was like just please come out like i beg of you and then apparently the pills are expired and so my body was like yeah nope just like threw it out and then i was like oh okay good but then i googled it and apparently uh the pills that i took if they if they get expired they're really toxic so i was like oh shit (laughs) okay the second time i don't remember because it was really like i can't remember anything of it i just remember i really tried to do it uh but no objects not object okay and i was like the thing is i didn't cut too deep yeah i was scared so i told my mom yeah i cut myself by accident she believed it but i regret ever trying to do it i'm so glad you're here yeah and i'm sure we're all glad you're here because you have and i tell people this it's not because you're in front of me i swear to god it's for a person your age and the stuff you've gone through I'm sure you can inspire so many people. You don't understand. You're talented more than a lot of people. And I feel like there's just some stuff that comes so easy to you. I mean, we might not even touch on this in this episode, but you can draw. You can sing, man. You're a good singer. Don't even try to act like that. Yeah, okay. But but anyways, so you came out of that. Did you... But honestly, I actually thought that was weakness. Like, when do you try to... I know it it might sound bad, but for me... I thought I was weak when I tried to do it. I know it's not the shorter way out because, like, personally, it hurts. Sometimes it just hurts being around. But all you need is not hurting yourself and not just trying to get rid of yourself. But That was going to be my next question about if there was things that were really helpful for you in getting either out of that dark place or just maneuvering better in and out of it. Is there any piece of advice that you would give somebody out there if they were going through similar things or they were struggling with their health mentally? Is there anything you'd offer them? Just one thing. Surround yourself by the things you love. Like people, yeah. the things. For example, the two times that I tried to like off myself. I just remembered my, my siblings and my mom. I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to hurt them more. They already lost an important person in their life. So I'm not going to be the reason of their pain like i know some people that have awful parents have not a lot of bright things in their life but i just want them to look at the people that hurt them and be like you know what screw you i'm living Mm. and i'm being better than Mm. any of you Mm. can you imagine the teacher that was saying these things to you when you were younger imagine if she saw you now in a new country just killing it i wouldn't yeah the teacher actually got fired because surprise, they f- surprise. they found out that she was like okay so think? my answers were always correct but i always got a low mark and what she does is instead of just like marking my paper wrong she would take care of like a black sharper and uh, marker and just just scribble on my answers so no one would know if they were right or wrong the corruption oh so like they found out one teacher like spotted her doing it and she was like yeah okay you know what never mind Goodbye. I don't want to make this a big deal, but something needs to be said about how these third world countries, this was in Iraq? Yeah. These third world countries, I find the higher up you go, education, most professions, and I've heard of personal stories where someone can graduate from law school with a 99.8%, mm-hmm. yet they, not only are they not able to find a job, but they don't even get a chance yeah. because either they're just a girl 2021 that you'd think that's in the past but there's just a lot of things corrupted and i hope i'll be alive when i'm able to see these countries prosper in a way where it doesn't even have to be millions of dollars being put into the country but yeah the people in a way can just be more aware yeah aware just be more better but i'm actually so happy that my mom is not like any other mom especially because she's very open she understands she might not like some ideas like for example she's not a lot about the lgbt stuff Mm. she doesn't hate them but she doesn't like them either Mm. unfortunately for her Mm. i am two things in the lgbt i am a bisexual non-binary so she's like you know what what? is that non-binary what is that technically i 
don't feel like a she, neither a he. Oh, okay. A few episodes ago, we touched on it. My sister asked me yesterday if she should call me sister or sibling since it's a gender neutral. And what'd you say? I told her sibling is fine. Okay. Whatever they want. My brother started calling me sibling. Thankfully, my mom is okay with it. She's like, I'll support you no matter what you are. Because like, I'm your mom and I'm all you got and I love you. Which I appreciate. There must be people out there that either can relate to that sentiment or feel something similar. And I just never understood why people gave so much of a shit about what you are particularly. How is it going to affect you if this person is into the same gender? And I'm taking complete religion out of this. Does it frustrate you that some people brush your mental health experiences off and simply don't understand your struggles? Oh yeah, all, all the time. So I have that one girl that is my bus buddy. We take the same bus, so she sits next to me all the time. And I once told her about my anxiety, and I told her about how I de- developed tics because of the medication I took. Almost the next day, she came in and she was like, I have really severe anxiety i was like oh my god i hope you're okay and she's like why are you looking down at me it's not like you have it or anything i literally told you yesterday and she was like well don't copy me it's like my thing now you why would you want mental illness i told her millions of people have anxiety and depression it's not a thing for one person she was like well they are obviously faking it and i'm like well why would you say that i had a guest last week who was saying something along the lines of he believes that these thoughts that come into your head that oh you're depressed you're worthless he says not to attach yourself to these things because these thoughts come and go and if you don't attach yourself to these thoughts then you yourself cannot be depressed or okay or like that, that might sound right to a person with no f- with no issues when you're depressed The voice in your head never goes. When you have anxiety, that stress never leaves your body. Every living moment of your life, there's that voices in your head that just tells you you're nothing. And like some people, like me, who have been through a lot, and through a lot of people in their life that told them, yeah, you're nothing, that just cannot really get rid of that voice. There's some people that I'm really proud of that go through that and have that mental issue, but then like just break it like a champion and they come out stronger too yeah and the way i always tell people what's the point of living if you don't have a story to tell and you have yeah. a story to tell i hope one day i can build my life to the point where i can just share my struggles and share how i came from humble beginnings the worst thing i find is having children that were born into a rich rich family because if you think about it how many struggles are they really going to go through Every day they're going to have the best food. Are they going to be in car- the nicest cars, the best education? But Their even then, some people will be different, though. Of course, I'm not demeaning that. Yeah. But you also got to understand, and this kind of helps your point, saying that even these people with all the money in the world could end themselves yeah. or go through these very trouble, some problems. Some people say, oh, yeah, like money's not everything. Of course. And that's the evidence that money isn't everything because if somebody has a hundred million dollars but they're in the same outcome and they end their life compared to someone that has ten dollars money isn't a thing right yeah because same outcome in the end there's a lot of famous actresses and actors that ended themselves though they're really rich one of my favorite actors fooled the world he was a very happy man he was a comedian Mm. he was like everything that everyone wanted Mm -hmm. but one day he just he disappeared people went to his house and they found him that he killed himself they found notes saying i might make you smile but i'm dying inside he was so depressed to the point of he didn't even want or was able to tell anyone especially comedians i find they need to put up this persona of always being funny of always making people in the room feel their best smile have laughter nobody really thinks about them and their happiness i find that gets neglected a lot with this profession specifically even if you had a perfect life even if you were rich sometimes simple stuff like being alone or not having enough love can end up with you being depressed and sad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so like it depends really on how much your spirit is strong it's 
odd for me because I study psychology, yet maybe I can get your opinion on this. For people that strive to be psychologists, mm -hmm. they diagnose and they treat and they try to help people that go through stuff when they themselves have never either dealt with severe depression. So I find it interesting how m one day I might be able to help someone that's really on the edge of life, just ready to jump when I personally have never gone through that. So the only way I can relate to that is through a textbook reading, absorbing as much as I can about this disorder yeah. and then trying to help that person, but without going through it myself. Yeah. I find that interesting. It is interesting. I have friends that have like multiple personalities or stuff like that. Wow. And I still try to help, although I have no idea what it is and what they're being through. All you need is to listen. I remember I was told by my mom that you were going through a lot. Yeah, you we called spoke. me multiple times yeah. and we started talking. Yeah, yeah, we spoke. I had a notebook at the time and I just wrote. This was the first ever experience I had with anyone that was really going through a tough, 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 tough time. And at the time you didn't know me, so technically I was a patient. <laughs> Don't give me that credit. No, no. Yeah. But it was very, very eye-opening because, yeah, it's one thing to read and study about this. It's yeah. another to hear from somebody's mouth. I actually still recall that and I'm very thankful, not gonna lie, because at the time... I didn't have anyone to talk to. My sister was too young to tell her, like, about my problems. And my brother was even younger. And my mom, at the time, she was too stressed about stuff. I didn't really know what to do back then. So, like, I remembered, oh, yeah, I have a cousin that is studying that type of thing. I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in a lot of stuff, like angels, for example, like your guardian angel and, like, demonic beings and stuff like that because it's interesting to believe in honestly you need that flavor in your life all the scary movies that have satanic rituals and possessions people Get gobble that up that. people yeah. love to watch it have you ever had any experience with that type of stuff yeah I, I don't know honestly if it's a mental thing or i i'm really dealing with something but ever since i was a kid i used to hear and see stuff as a kid in our aunt's house the one that passed away i used to go and play in a really small room they used to like storage stuff in so at the time although i really liked destroying dolls i had one that survived and uh, i used to play with it in that room one day everyone was gone i was left alone i was around five or six i was just sitting playing with the doll i heard someone call me upstairs so i was like oh someone's home they probably brought me chocolates because like I was the favorite kid at the time. I went running, left the doll there and like looked around the house. There was nothing, no one there. So I was like, hmm, maybe I imagined something. Went downstairs, didn't find my doll. I was like, oh, I probably t took it with me. And I remembered that vividly because it was so scary. Um, I went upstairs again. It wasn't there. I went like to the kitchen, to the rooms. I went everywhere. I was like, damn, they're not there. So I went back to the room just to make sure. And there was the doll sitting in the corner. I'm like, I don't remember putting you there. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, never mind. I closed the door and then went and sat outside waiting for them to come back. Because oh I'm not stupid. I'm not trying to get possessed. I was five, but I've seen horror movies before. So I was like, no, thank you. Wow. Has that stuff followed you yeah yeah so sometimes when i have dark thoughts specifically i would see a lot of dark shadows around me but like in the corner of my eyes or like if it's if there's a dark room in front of me i would see stuff move and i'm like please just be in my head like i'm not ready like, I don't have time for this, man. I, I've seen too much horror movies, and I know what that leads to. Please. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We touched on so many things. The last thing I will mention is this whole idea of this generation being very... Uh, they don't have any any patience whatsoever. And I've touched on this in prior episodes. And by that, I mean, if you think about it, you've touched on ADHD and how that essentially means that you don't have a long attention span. That after a while... You just won't pay attention to certain things. Yeah. And if you think about it now, things such as Netflix, things such as Amazon, anything you want, you can get like this, right? If you watch an episode of Netflix three seconds later, the moment the episode is done, you're watching another one. So there's no sense of... Waiting. Yeah. When we were younger, I would come back from school and I'd be able to watch my show. Once the show is done, I have to wait either next week 
on the show to come day. or the next day. Yeah. Now it's you wait five seconds and you could. I'll put it this way. I know people that won't watch an episode, wait till the whole season is out and finish and the whole season in 12 <laughs> hours. That's my sister. That's my sister. I don't understand. It seems that it would be funner to watch an episode and then, oh, you're forced to watch one next week because there's no more. They release week by week. That way, the tension builds up. You, you know, get you excited. Could, you can think about things. So I'm sure, and I don't know if there's studies done on this, but I'm sure that has to also yield into more people getting either ADHD or not having the attention span yeah. that people had in the 50s and the 60s prior to cell phones, TVs. Well, when I was a kid, things. I didn't have that choice. Since like, I also needed to wait like to the next mm-hmm, day to mm-hmm. like, watch the other episode. Mm-hmm. And sometimes back in my country, they won't have enough money to buy the next episode like almost yeah. immediately yeah. so they would repeat the one that we already uh-huh. watched so you'd watch it again <laughs> yeah and i was really excited mm. even if i was there like three times i'm mm-hmm. like hell yeah we're watching the fourth yeah, time yeah, yeah. some people with adhd have something called hyperfocus disorder which means if i'm watching a show i'm not moving my butt until i'm done with it and I forget everything. I forget that I, if I eat it or not, I forget if I have like anything. Time is non-existent to me because like mm. I'm so focused You're on so this episode yeah. or the show itself. So sometimes I will be like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just going to watch a couple of episodes. And then like it's, for example, it might be like six or five. And then I hear birds and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> I I messed up. <laughs> like the light it's is six in the morning. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I'll and like it's it's not good. That stuff makes your mental health better or worse. You think, or doesn't affect it because you're able to control that. Is that separate from what you go through, or is that integrated? It depends. Sometimes I would use it to focus on class or work. I can finish my homework, like with really good it's a superpower sometimes yeah. for example i read like 10 pages and this 11th page like the last one that i'm i'm reading and like the words won't just Process. they won't i would literally be the eye the eye and the, it's just like it bounces right back d- yeah <laughs> what is the word i, I can't your brain will be like just yeah. no i'm good I, I handled enough so you might have to take a break but unfortunately with a person with adhd a break is like the next day if not the next mm-hmm. week let's say i went to drink a glass of water i would go upstairs and i'm like wow this painting i haven't finished yet and i would go do the painting and they're like yeah i need that color from downstairs i would go downstairs and they'd be like well this room is really cold and i would sit and play on with my phone and they'd be like well, oh yeah water, glass of water. <laughs> i would go upstairs Pour myself a glass of water, put it on the table. I'm like, we have the color. I would go downstairs, get the color, and then see my phone and charge. You're not able to string a sequence of events together and make it in a way where you go upstairs, get the water, come down, and then do something else. Yeah. You do one thing at a time. Very so the thing is, now, like, my mom understands that. So when she gives me orders, be like, wash the dishes. I finish the dishes, be like, put the clothes in the dryer. So very specific. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my brain would handle. Back then, she would be like, yeah, wash the dishes, put the clothes in, uh, the mm. clothing in the dryer, and then go do your room. And then she would come back, and I'm just laying in my room. She was like, <laughs> did you do anything that I asked? And I'm like, what did you ask? Yeah. Like I said, like I can focus on something for hours. But when I'm trying to take a break... And like, let's say, watch a video. They'll be like, oh, wow, this YouTuber I haven't watched in a while. I would literally watch every single new uh, like, YouTube, like video that have yeah. been done. How I end every episode, I always ask people, what is your mentality right now in life? Mine is to become better physically and mentally and to help my family become better and give them a better life. Because... They really need me and I need them even more. Okay. So, yeah. You opened your mind and heart to us. And I really appreciate that. I'm sure the listeners do as well. Thank you so much for coming on. Diana, until next time. And take care, guys. This is episode number 14 of the Mentality Podcast. Signing out. Bye-bye.